Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. And David, thank you for coming and leading and singing for us today. We appreciate it. Um, I got to thinking about it, and I, it's a funny way that this all came about. Because I called Kirk, and, and I, you know, we were talking about the bullets, and I said, did you get Hugh's email? It won't be there tomorrow. And he said, yeah, I got it. And, uh, and I said, well, I guess I'll lead singing in the morning. Would you? I thought I asked him to lead singing at night. And I got to the manor and I got to talking to Jennifer and she said, yeah, he's preaching tomorrow night. And I was like, I really thought I asked him to lead singing. <laughs> and Rissa said, well, that was too quick to, to respond. <laughs> but um, you anyway. Did, you did send me a text afterwards. <laughs> you gave me the choice. <laughs> I didn't, either way, it would have been fine. I could have saved one of my lessons for later. It, it wouldn't have been a problem. So I was fine with either one. Now I got to think, you know, David was with us a couple of weeks ago. He came and visited. I bet he could come Sunday night. And so I, I asked him if he would come Sunday night. And he said, I'll be glad to come for both services if you want me to. I said, sure. <laughs> That'll work. It's difficult. I have done this. And uh, the first time I did it, I, it, I have done everything in the service. But uh, the first time that I did it here, I, I feared... It was very difficult to do the song leading and the preaching. I have to really prepare myself to do it. And when I really prepare myself, I'm okay. But it's hard to do it for both services. And uh, so, uh, but I'm glad David was able to do both. It, it takes the load off both of us, doesn't it? <laughs> Alright, well, our lesson for this morning is based on the Christian life. We've been st- having a series this month on Sunday mornings on Christian living, the desire to be like Jesus, and what it means to live a Christian life. Today's lesson regards how the tongue affects the Christian life. The tongue and the Christian life. The tongue is one of the smallest members of the body. You know, we we think of some of the things that do great things and my hands can do a lot. Um, as a matter of fact, we had uh, one of the teachers asked me the other day to, to come and she needed to, me to help her open a couple of jars and I was able to do that. Our hands can do a whole lot. Um, whenever we lose one of those, uh, the ability to use one of those, it's hard to, to get by, isn't it? Uh, the same way with our legs. Our, our legs can, can help us to walk or, or run great distances. And we have other things that we would think of as great as far as the body is concerned. The brain. You've got to have the brain to, to control blood flow and, and control everything that the body does to keep you alive. It, it controls when you breathe. And, and some of these things are, are things we don't even think about. We just do them. But those are some of the more important members of the body, the heart. And, uh, I could go on. One of the smallest members, though, of the body is the tongue. But have you ever considered how important the tongue is? How much the tongue affects our everyday life? The tongue has more influence on the Christian life than any other member, probably. Much good can be done with the tongue. On the other side of that, much harm can be done also. 
Our lesson objective for this morning is, is twofold. To learn the power of the tongue, the power that the tongue can hold, and learn how to control it. And I guarantee you that even after this lesson, you still will not be able to control your tongue. But you'll be able to do so maybe better than what you have. Most of our lesson is going to come from James chapter 3. And I hope that you would turn there and follow along with us. James chapter 3. James chapter 3 tells us a lot about how the tongue works and, and how it affects the Christian life. There are a lot of things that we can learn from James chapter 3 in just a few verses. But in James chapter 3, beginning with the latter part of verse 2, it says this, If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. If you can control your tongue, the small member of your body, if you can control your tongue, you're able to control yourself. So that makes you perfect, right? Verse 3, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large, and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. We notice in the first few verses of this chapter the influence of the tongue over the body. We have examples here that are given. Using a, a bit, the rider of a horse can control its whole body by controlling just the mouth. We can sit on a horse and we can, can steer it one way, we can steer it the other, just by having that bridle attached to the mouth of the horse. Just a small portion of the horse is controlled, but the whole body of the horse, the whole direction that he goes is controlled by that bit. In the same way, large ships can be steered in whatever direction is desired by turning a very small rudder. You take a large ship, we think of the example, maybe even of the Titanic. And you have just a small rudder that's, that's controlling the direction of that ship. Now it may be hard to get it in that direction immediately, but it's just that one small portion of the ship is controlled by that rudder. Well, the whole direction of the ship is controlled by that small rudder. And in those, in light of those examples that we have here, even so the tongue can have a great influence on the life of a Christian. The tongue guides our lives in some ways. You ever thought about how we might say something, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, but maybe our life is taken in a completely different direction because of what we have said. Maybe it affects a relationship or, or a job or something like that. But, but something that we have said can change the direction of our lives completely. It's a very small thing. But it boasts great things, does it not? 
Picking up with verse 5 of James 3, the latter part of verse 5, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. We see here the destructive nature of the tongue. Just last year, we heard of the fire in Gatlinburg. And there are so many others. The, the most recent one, I think there's one in California, hit um, just in the very near past. But as we look at what happened with, with Gatlinburg, we see that... Uh, from what we understand, there were a couple of boys that were, were playing with matches. It sparked a fire and it burned a great deal of, of Gatlinburg. You don't see, see it as much in town, but as you, you look up into the mountains, you can see the destruction that it caused. Uh, we've seen videos of people trying to get out of that fire. What started it? A spark. Just a spark, basically very small flame was able to do a great deal of destruction. Every year a forest is devoured by fire started by only a spark. Much damage can be caused by only a spark of the tongue. One small word one thing said in the wrong way can create a lot of damage can it not? There are even very small ways that we would consider that damage can be caused. Things that we might think of as little sins that can cause a great deal of damage. One of the ways that our tongues can start a fire is by lying. Lying is something that is very destructive. I would never condone lying. Among the seven abominations listed in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, one of those is a lying tongue. Another is a false witness who speaks lies. Lies are very destructive. I think of Ananias and Sapphira who in Acts chapter 5 were, were struck dead by God for lying about the proceeds from a land sale. They didn't have to lie about it but it cost them their lives because they lied to God. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8 says this, But the cowardly unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Does that seem like kind of an odd verse to you? 
we look at this list of sins here. Cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and then we have lying in this list. Liars. Liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But lying is not that bad, you know. When we think of, of, of all these things, murder, that's one of the worst sins that, that could be committed to murder somebody, to take someone else's life. How is lying on the same level as murder? Sexual immorality, adultery, things of, of that nature, that's bad. But lying, that, why, how is lying that bad? It is. Believe me, it is. It can cause a great deal of damage in our relationships. It can cause damage in our relationship with God just by telling a small, white lie. I remember an illustration that one of our elders at, at Science Cell gave us a few years ago in one of our classes. You know, he, he said that, that, you know, it might seem good. If my wife were to come in one day and she's dyed her hair orange. And she comes in and says, well, honey, what do you think of my hair? What's the husband going to be tempted to say? Well, it looks fine to me, right? But it can still cause a great deal of damage. Even lies that we think may make someone feel better. And sometimes we lie to those who are passing from this life. Maybe we want, don't want to tell them about how someone turned out or, or what they're doing exactly because we don't want them to be upset. There are lies that, that may seem like they're a good idea. And that's exactly the way Satan works. He wants to deceive us. He wants us to be tricked. He wants us to be tricked into sinning. But there is no lie I believe that would ever merit being said. God doesn't want us to lie. We've been told to tell the truth. To keep our word. Lying. Lying is very destructive. Profanity. Foul language. This includes the vain use of the Lord's name. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7. Going all the way back to the Ten Commandments. We need to be careful of our speech. I remember a, a time here we had a work day and we were in the, the nursery over there and I don't remember what I was doing but I had sandals on, I remember that. And I kicked the bottom of the rocking chair. And I just, I just gritted my teeth and just stood there in, in pain. And uh, I remember Mike soul was in there and he said, you didn't even say anything. <laughs> That's just the way that I, you know, I've grown up, the way I've been raised. You know, I, I knew better than to say something. And so it wasn't a part of, of my habits by any means. 
But there are a lot of people that would have been in the same situation and said a word. Maybe just a small word. Just an idle word. A word that didn't really mean anything. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. Matthew 12 and verse 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. You're hammering a nail and, and you pound your finger. Every idle word. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? Every idle word. You mean that, that word that I said yesterday? I didn't mean it, you know. It was just an accident. It came out. It happens from time to time. Every idle word. They will give account of it in the day of judgment. We need to be careful of our speech. Even words that we think are harmless. I, I was raised in the church, so I, I see this differently than, than some people. But I know every time that somebody uses a word, and um, it happens a lot at sports time, it just slips out of their mouths. Because they're used to saying things like that. Even in front of me, I, I remember I, had a, I have a friend of mine that um, he tried to be very careful, but sometimes he slipped. But he tried to be very careful because he knew I was a preacher. That was his reasoning. But he tried to be very careful of his words, but he wasn't always able to control them. But every time somebody says a word to me like that, because I wasn't raised to use that kind of language, for me, it feels different. And I cringe every time I hear one of those words because I'm not used to hearing them. I know some of you are. I know that some of you in your workplaces, you have people that you work with uh, or customers that, that may use that kind of language and for them it's not a big deal. And, and for you, you've heard it for so long, it may not be a big deal to you. But I know for me personally, it is a big deal. And especially when somebody uses the name of God. That hurts worse than anything. That's just me, but but we shouldn't make a habit of using idle words. We need to be very careful of how we use our speech. Every idle word. Hmm. Gossip. Gossip is very harmful. Paul, in writing to Timothy, addressed the conduct of younger widows and in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and beginning with verse 11, it says, But refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Therefore I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. No opportunity whatsoever. Gossip. 
being a busybody, saying things that, that they ought not. We need to avoid these things. They're very harmful. Talking about something you know nothing about. Maybe you think you do, but you don't. And then you come to find out later that, that what you thought was not exactly the truth. But maybe somebody's reputation is affected by what you have said. To the Thessalonians, he writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning with verse 11, For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such... We command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. Talking about people and things we know not is a violation of the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Doing to others as you would have them do to you. Not as they do to you, but as you would have them do to you. Do you want somebody talking about you? I don't. So I don't need to talk about anybody, right? Be sure that what you're sharing is the truth before you say it. James chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 says this. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Here we read of the untamable nature of the tongue. Go back to the book of Genesis, and especially in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. We understand that man was created in the image of God and given dominion over all creatures on the earth. We have the ability to tame even some of the most dangerous. You look at zookeepers. And how they are able to control lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Look at how we are able to train dogs and cats. You know, they, that's more relatable to you. You know, we're able to, to maybe reprimand them in some way to teach them not to do this or that. I haven't exactly learned all of those things with my cat yet. But we're able to tame all of these creatures. But no man, but no man can tame the tongue. Not a one of us in this room. Not anybody in the world. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Not a one of us can say that we have perfected the art of taming the tongue. It's more difficult to tame than any other creature in the world. Any of the most dangerous creatures that we have that we can tame, we cannot tame the tongue. Very powerful. Verses 9 through 12 of James 3. With it we bless our God and Father, and we, with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Verse 11, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? 
The snow spring yields both salt water and fresh. The hypocrisy, the hypocrisy of an uncontrolled tongue. Our tongue can do great things. Today we have been praising God in song. Our tongue can do great things and speak of the mighty power of God. And then we can turn around tomorrow and we can curse somebody. Can a spring produce fresh and bitter salt water from the same place? Can a fig tree produce anything other than figs? Can a grapevine anything other than grapes? James 1 and verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Doesn't matter how much you believe in God or how much you care for Him or how much you sing and praise Him if you turn around and do just the opposite with your tongue later on. Curse men and do other things. That's hypocrisy. We cannot live in hypocrisy. Quickly. The tongue and Christian living. How does the tongue affect our Christian lives? As Christians, we are always to be ready to defend our faith in God. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If we live the Christian life, People are going to wonder why. They're going to ask questions. And when they do, are you ready to give an answer? An answer for what you believe, a defense for God. Are you ready to do that? We, we can lead lost souls to, to God if we're ready to give an answer. And how we speak to someone regarding the truth can it have a great effect on how they react to the truth. If you speak the truth, if I were to go to someone and just honestly tell them exactly where they stand, you are a sinner and you are going to be condemned in the day of judgment. Now how I say that may have a great effect on how they react to it. If I say it in a manner, in a way that they perceive to be condemning them. Are they going to listen to what I have to say? Or if I tell them in a loving manner the same thing. Now listen, I care about you. I care about your soul. I want you to be with God in eternity. But, but the way that you're living, the way that you're living is not right. Now there are some people that react in different ways and you kind of have to know your audience too. Some people need a firm word. But how we speak, how we speak makes a big difference. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. The only way 
to know these answers, is to have an accurate understanding of the Scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to study God's word to know what it says. How we use our tongues can also affect our relationships with other people. We need to be very, very careful how we use them. Such as home life. How we speak to each other in our homes has a great deal to do with our relationships. Many relationships have been torn apart because parents spoke harshly to, to adult children and they wanted nothing to do with them later on. Marriages have been torn apart. Marriage. Husbands, love your wives. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Husbands ought to love their wives. And they ought to speak like they love their wives. Children are affected by how we speak to each other. I remember over the summer, I had a little girl in one of our classes that on a couple of occasions, she, she said something to the effect of, Daddy was mad at Mommy. Children are greatly affected by how husbands and wives speak to each other. And they're greatly affected by how we speak to them. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Do not provoke your children. The so spouses need to speak kindly to each other. They need to, be, need to speak kindly to children. We need to guide children by example as well as by word. Don't provoke them to wrath. Don't be too harsh with them. There are times for harsh words. Not all the time. Speak lovingly to them. Teach them how to be kind to each other. Friendships can be greatly affected by how we speak to one another. Keep your promises. If you promise to do something, do it. Our example, our example is greatly affected by our speech. Think of what is said at the example of the apostles in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk. As you have us for a pattern. As you have us for a pattern. An example. We need to be very careful of our example to other people. For some, we're the only Bible that they'll ever read. I've heard of, of damaging examples of so-called Christians. I remember a story that came from preaching school some time ago. I remember one of our teachers was telling us about an elder who was a man of great influence in the community. Uh, he was the boss of a certain company. But his employees, they knew him also to be one who had a short fuse. And they liked to rile him up, get him going, and watch him use bad language. An elder of the church, mind you. 
And they knew his influence in the church. How do you think that affected their view of Christianity? This one is one that is more so needed in our generation than in others. The way we are to use our tongues in public is the same way that we are to use our fingers on our keyboards. Social media. It's very easy to get mad about something. Get on Facebook and type up a long rant about it. Doesn't matter who sees it. If the, the people that, that are making me mad see it, then fine. It's a good way to get it off my chest, right? Let me tell you that your, your influence on Facebook or Twitter or whatever you may use is just as great as your influence in public society. Just because you can't see who's on the other side of that computer screen doesn't mean they're not there. and doesn't mean that they're not looking at how you're leading by your example. Words can be very offensive. And even typing them out on the computer doesn't make them necessarily right. The same way in which we are to guard our speech is the way we are to guard our open platform on social media and the internet. Just because you're not using this little member right here to say anything doesn't matter. You're still speaking it. It's still going out in public and it's still going to have an effect one way or the other, good or bad. So be careful how you use social media. It can be used for a great many good things, but it can also be used for a great deal of evil. Be careful what you share. Make sure that, that the language in that is, is appropriate as well. The tongue. It's a very small member of the body. But it's a very important member as well. It has a great deal to do with how we live our Christian lives. And, and like I said, our tongues guide us in how we live. If, if, if we offend somebody and they don't want to have anything to do with us, that's affected our lives, our relationship with that person. It's taken us in a, a different direction where one day we were walking with them, now we're not. One day you have a, an example that you're setting for them and, and the next day you've offended them and they want to have nothing to do with you. It can affect our lives greatly. Sometimes we, we've seen people that are fired from their jobs, especially as we look at, at celebrity athletes lately. They, they've been reprimanded for their speech social media and, and by tongue as well. But it can greatly affect our future. It affects our relationships with our families, with our friends, co-workers, neighbors, enemies. It affects a lot of things. Tongue is very powerful. Very powerful indeed. How are you using your tongue? Are you using speech that is always seasoned with salt? Are you mindful of every idle word that you may speak? How do you stand before God? 
Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed the gospel? Through repentance, confession, baptism for the remission of sins? Are you living a faithful life or, or like so many people have maybe you've obeyed the gospel but maybe when you're outside of the church you live just like the rest of the world. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to change. Sometimes we can take that between us and God. But sometimes it's of a greater nature. Sometimes we've set a bad example. We've done something that has shamed Christianity or the church. Sometimes we need to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we need to just rededicate our lives to Him. Ask for prayers on, on our behalf. If there's something that we can do as Christians to help you, if you're in need in any way, I ask you to come as we stand and as we sing.